0: From CPR News, this is a special Colorado Matters.
1: Oh, my lord, oh, my lord, what shall I do?
0: Spirituals are rooted in history, a history of pain and hope.
2: As much and as poorly treated as the enslaved community was, none of the spirituals talk about hate and retribution.
0: Today, performances and conversation featuring DU Spirituals Project Choir. This event, Journey to Freedom, has a modern message.
2: What can we do to make this world a better place, especially in our own immediate community? And it starts with us. We might not be able to change the world, but we can do something.
3: Thank you for your generous gift during the recent fund drive. Member support is essential, but it's never required. Which is why it's always thrilling and humbling when listeners choose to donate. Because of you,
2: Colorado Public Radio can continue to do its best work, delivering the kind of news and music programming our community relies on.
3: You truly make a difference, and we are so grateful. Thank you.
0: This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC. I'm Ryan Warner. Today, a journey to freedom with the Spirituals Project Choir, based at the University of Denver's Lamont School of Music.
1: I do what I can when I can, while I can for my people. While the clouds roll back and the stars fill the night, that's when I'm gonna stand up, take my
0: Our colleagues at CPR Classical have spent the last year sharing spirituals, chosen by the choir's director, M. Roger Holland II. This collaboration culminated in a special event at DU's Newman Center, a spiritual sing-along with the theme of building community. Before we rejoin the music, let's hear from CPR classicals Monica Vischer, who spoke with Holland on stage. It's just
4: been an amazing journey, and the biggest thing that keeps coming back to me is, wow, we have this country has a lot to learn. You don't know who you are unless you know where you've come from, where you've been, whether it's been pleasant or not. And um, there th- this music helps tell a living history of a part, a very important part of this country that is not being taught. One of the interesting
2: things for me was that as a classically trained musician, um, particularly at the time that we started this conversation, presence mattered to me. And I thought if our beginning dialogue and conversation would increase presence on the, on the radio, not only um, hearing African American composers, but African American um, artists on classical radio, because we exist, but there's not a lot of presence there. And I thought if our work together would change the paradigm, then this was worth
4: it. What was really interesting was there were these themes that um, started popping up, reoccurring themes, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about those themes.
2: Sure. You know, it's interesting because uh, I think uh, along the journey, there were some people that said, Well, you keep talking about the same stuff, it seems. <laughs> and I said, Well, that's because it's still important, and that's what was important to the enslaved community. And one of the things that I always talk with my students about is the primary theme, the theme that recurs the most and is the most prominent, is freedom. Certainly, the thing that was denied the enslaved community was the thing that they desired the most, to have their own autonomy, to have their own agency, to have freedom of personhood, Um, Right behind that might be heaven, which was also related to freedom because in in heaven they understood that the restraints of this world would not be present in the next. Home was another uh, recurring theme, but home also meant freedom, where one is safe, where one is welcome, where one can feel, you know, that they can be themselves, their, their total selves, their authentic selves. So home... Um, this fascination with clothing. You know, when I did some research in teaching the the classes uh, that, that I teach here at the university, it was interesting for me to discover that the enslaved community had no clothes, or they were given very little. And if you're given one outfit, one shirt, one pair of pants, and if you're really lucky, a pair of shoes that has to last you the entire year. And so when we see uh, depictions and and, and, and photographs um, of enslaved community with clothes that are tattered and with patches and holes in them. That's why. Because they're out in the fields working all day, uh, the things are getting torn and ripped and tattered, and people are trying to repair them as best they can, but they're singing about clothing. So when you're saying, I got a robe, you got a robe, all of God's children got a robe, when I get to heaven, gonna put on my robe. Because they knew at least some place, there, there was hope, there was anticipation that one day, if not in this world, then the next. I will have adequate clothing. I will have adequate shelter. I will be respected and regarded as a human being. So those are the things. Uh, the, the songs affirmed, as James Cone would say, the somebody-ness of the people. And so that's what the songs are about.
4: Um, so you mentioned James Cone. All right. So this is a, a very important man, um, and he was he was a teacher of yours. Um, what did he give to you? I want to know. Talk about what he gave to you and how important that relationship was to you.
2: <laughs> well, I don't. I don't want people to to uh, walk away thinking that James Cone and I were like this because we weren't. <laughs> But his impact as a professor at the uh, Union Theological Seminary was, was immense. Anyone who took a class with him walked away so, you know, changed. We, we, we learned so much from him. I think one of the first things, the most important thing I learned from him was that if it's not written down, it's as if it never happened. And so we must continue not only to write the story, but to tell the story. The oral history becomes so important because if we don't continue to tell the stories, then they fade away. And our history is too important to allow it to fade away and to drift into nothingness. The other thing that um, I learned from Cohn, one of his books uh, is the foundational text for one of the courses I teach here, The Spirituals and the Blues is one of the things I found so fascinating is as much and as poorly treated as the enslaved community was, none of the spirituals talk about hate and retribution. The only thing that gets close to that is when the enslaved talk about and call out the hypocrisy of the slave masters and They say, uh, kind of tongue in cheek, everybody talking about heaven ain't going. (laughs) And so that's about as close as it gets, but they never talk about killing, maiming, hate, retribution, it's all about hope and perseverance and moving forward and attaining one's own humanity and freedom.
4: So what would you say is the main thing you're wanting to pass on to your students, that you teach here, at DU, maybe even you think of your choir as students, I don't know, just, what's the main thing you wanna pass on to them? Sure, Um, teaching here at
2: DU has helped me to formulate so much of this material in my mind, and in, uh, in this time, what I have come away with as my thesis, if you would, is that you cannot talk about this music or its history without talking about suffering. Suffering underlies every aspect of this music. It it, it conveys their social condition, it is present and conveyed through the songs that they sing. It doesn't matter how joyous they may be, the suffering is still there. And the analogy that I've developed and continue to use until I feel that it might be flawed is that it's kind of like having cancer. You have good days and you have bad days. But the cancer is always there. And if you're in pain, I have a good friend. I am the godfather to his oldest. And his wife, I don't remember the name of the condition she has, but it is uh, some kind of physical condition where she's in constant pain all the time, every day. There's not a day that goes by where she's not in physical discomfort. But she gets up. She fixes breakfast for her children. She goes to work. She's a loving wife and a mother, but she is in pain. She has good days and she laughs and she celebrates, but she's in pain. And the same thing must be understood about the spirituals. I don't care how much foot stomping and hand clapping there is. This is a community that is suffering. And to negate that or to ignore that is to do a disservice to the music, the history, and not to fully recognize what this history and the music is about. At the core, there is suffering.
0: It was created by a community that was in suffering. Spiritual's Project Choir Director M. Roger Holland II and CPR Classical's Monica Vischer will continue this journey to freedom after a break on CPR News and KRCC.
3: for this year's primary election in Colorado, and nearly everyone gets to participate. Republicans, Democrats, unaffiliated, who's running? What are the issues? How do you cast your vote? I'm Megan Verlee from the CPR Newsroom. Find out what you need to know to fill out your ballot online at CPR.org. And on Tuesday, June 28th, hear full coverage of the primary here on CPR News and on the Colorado Public Radio app.
0: We're sharing highlights of Journey to Freedom, Building Community Through Song, an event at DU's Newman Center featuring the Spirituals Project Choir, directed by M. Roger Holland II. Spirituals were created and first sung by enslaved Africans in America in the 18th and 19th centuries. And while they may uplift, they are, of course, rooted in suffering. The program included testimonies from former enslaved people, among them, a man who tried and tried to escape. The narrative is read here by Theo Wilson.
5: For two years now, the doctor sent me and 16 others to Aiken, about 125 miles back, where the country's all broken up into hills and valleys, where we were to work for Melit Holly, who was to keep us, the doctor told us, until after the war was over. Holly giving us victuals and clothes. About the 15th of May, 1863, I started off down the road one night to Beaufort and took only a blanket and a pair of pants and traveled hard as I could until almost morning and then hit in the swamp. I was disturbed and frightened by the cry of the bloodhounds coming on my track. Now, to get away, I had to cross the swamp, double down on them, going towards Augusta, but they kept the scent. He chased me all day and night. And then I went across the brooks and back ever so many times. It was about 12 o'clock that night when I hit the bridge at Augusta, though distant about 16 miles from Aiken. Now, at the far end of the bridge was a gate where a guard stands posts. Well, when I come up on him, he asked me where I was from. I told him I was from Gardner's Corners. And when he say he thought I was lying, and that if he knew I was, he'd surely kill me. After that, he took me to jail. And word was sent to Dr. Fuller, who sent and told Holly that I was in jail at Augusta, and that he had best take me out and do what he chose to me only. He must keep me alive until after the war. There were 16 bloodhounds and 12 men after me, as I found out when I got back to Aiken, and they only had lost my track at about 10 o'clock. But just as soon as Master Holly got hold of me, he set the dogs to worry and bite me and the scars on my arms and my legs is what they did with their teeth. And after he got tired of that kind of fun, he took me to a blacksmith who put a ring around my ankle, bending the ends while it was still red hot. And then with a heavy timber chain, he rounded round my waist twice and locked it. The chain weighed as much as 50 pounds and was put next to my skin. And I wore both of these darbies for four weeks and got a hard flogging every day beside. Master Holly himself with me, saying that that he got me right where he wanted me and that he would have full satisfaction. When he took off the fetters, I, I was too lame and sick to do anything else. I got completely cowed and gave up until... The last day of March in this year, when he set me to a new task, to go out to the woods and cut and split about 155 rails, feeding and watering the cattle, 25 head, three times a day, besides doing the housewoman's chores for a day. Well, when I come up that noon, the first of that day, to get me something to eat, the housewoman told me that Mr. Holly would give me 600 lashes because I had not cut some firewood before I went away that morning. I said, nah, nah, I can't do more than I can. He's master and I slave and I can't hinder him. So after dinner, I went down in a little bush where I could see when Mr. Holly was coming home. And when he did, the housewoman told him what she said she would. And he went off real quick to where I had been working, but of course I was not there. And so by and by, I saw him come back and go into the house. In a little while, he come out with his gun and a sword buckled around him and whistled for his six bloodhound dogs who went after him. Well, as soon as I saw that, I jumped up like lightning and ran the other way. When the hounds fairly got on my trail and I heard them, I was off about two miles crossing the little swamps to put them off till about an hour before sundown. When I came to the pond, I could see the dogs not more than 300 yards behind me. I tumbled right into the pond and waded out till I could just touch my toes and keep my nose above the water to breathe. And the dogs, they lost me entirely. When Holly and the other men came down to the pond, they rode up and I heard them say, he can't get away no how, but we can come back in the morning and the dogs will pick up his scent and we will find them. Well, after they had gone, I got out and wrung out my clothes and started down the road direct. I ran and walked all night till I knew I had gone about 35 miles from Aiken. And then at day dawn, I got to a pond. I went out and there was a log sticking out of the water. And I broke down some brushes and rushes and enough to lie down and cover me up. There I slept all day, for I was dreadful tired and most starved too. But when the night came, I was so weak from hunger, I could scarcely go along. But I felt better once I listened and harked could hear no dogs behind me.
1: Wait in the water, wait in the water, children, wait in the water. God's gonna trouble the water. That God's
0: the Spirituals going to Project Choir, directed by M. Roger Holland II, oh, with Journey like to Freedom. our Colorado Matters special slain. continues on CPR News and KRCC.
3: Over 50 student musicians come to Colorado College every summer for an intense three-week summer music festival. Students spend nearly every waking moment in private lessons, rehearsing or playing concerts. The Colorado Springs Festival nearly folded during the Great Recession of 2008. The college pulled its direct funding. So the program's music director persuaded the festival's donors to make up the loss. Donor support is now so strong that every student's tuition is paid for, and the festival is considering offering stipends to students. Almost unheard of, but Colorado College wants to compete for the best students every year against big festivals. This small but mighty festival serves as the unofficial kickoff to Colorado's busy summer music season. A Colorado Postcard from Colorado Public Radio, with support from Cheats and Giggles, a Colorado company.
0: You're back with Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC. I'm Ryan Warner. We are sharing highlights from a special event held on stage at the University of Denver's Newman Center. CPR Classical and The Spirituals Project Choir present Journey to Freedom, Building Community Through Song.
6: So, Dr. Vincent Harding, he was a freedom worker, he was a historian, he was a teacher, so many things. He and his wife, Rosemary, Freeney Harding went to the South to work in the Civil Rights Movement. Um, But among the many things that he did was to serve as an early advisor to the Spirituals Project. And often when he would be with us and also when he would be with other groups in Denver and around the country, he would lead people in a song. And the song that he created was really built on the melody of... We are climbing Jacob's Ladder. So how many people know that song? We are, okay. So what I need from those of you who know the song is to get us started, all right? So the words are, we are building up a new world. Repeat it three times. Builders must be strong is the first answer. And you know, Vincent always felt like we, yeah, we can sing and we can do all these things, but we need to be, Really working on building the kind of world that we want. He would often say, I'm a citizen of a country that does not yet exist, and I'm working to create that country. We are working to create that country. So we are building up a new world. We are building upon Okay, so that's so now everybody has to sing. Okay? Ready? Uh, we are building up a new world. We are Okay, now the second verse is about courage. Because building that world requires courage, right? Lots of people will not like what you're doing. Um, lots of people will get in your way. So courage is needed. So the words are, Courage sisters don't get weary. Courage sisters don't get weary. Courage brothers don't get weary. Courage brothers don't get weary. Courage people don't get weary. People don't get weary. Though, the way be long. Though the way be long, courage, sisters, don't get weary. Courage, brothers, don't get. Is about the need for us to really deep into our spirits to have some kind of a spiritual anchor that we take with us in that work. Um, and so the words are: um, <coughs> "Courage, sisters, don't get. Let's do the courage, the courage one again, and we'll build up to it. All right, courage, sisters, don't get weary. Courage, brothers." Don't get weary courage people don't get weary though, though we be long rise shine give God glory rise shine Give God glory rise shine Give God! Glory. Rise, shine, give God now we're going to put the whole thing together. (laughs) We are building up a new world. We are give yourselves a hand
0: The Spirituals Project Choir and Journey to Freedom Building Community Through Song The project and the choir's mission is to preserve and revitalize spirituals through music education and social justice work So this next
2: song I want us to sing together Actually in a subtle way perhaps comes with the charge When we sing what shall I do I wonder, how many of you saw the movie Glory with Denzel Washington? So before they go into that last battle, the the soldiers come together and they have this, basically they come together and have prayer, right? And they're singing and they're praying and, and so forth. So I wanna create, if you would, kind of the the atmosphere of the hush arbor that was the place that the enslaved would gather in secret and come together and have church the invisible church the invisible institution and so that was a place where they could come and worship freely and authentically and There's some things I I want to share with you tonight that my brother, Anthony Scott, the Reverend Dr. Anthony Scott, is going to share with us. And in between some of these petitions, we're going to have a response. Okay? So I'll sing the song once. I want you all to just join in with me. And then there we go.
1: Come by. Oh. oh my God. And then there's a verse that says it sounds like Jesus. If you listen real close, it sounds like like Jesus. Somebody's calling, calling my. It sounds like Jesus. Somebody's called. Somebody's called. Oh my Lord. Oh, oh Lord.
7: Oh, oh. African Americans have endured over 400 years of oppression in this country, and it continues to this day. The entire story of slavery has never been told, yet its residual impact lingers on. Let us pause this moment to pray for those who struggle for equality, and to be treated with a full measure of humanity. For our leaders that they may strive for a full conversion of heart in spirit and in truth and actively work to turn away from America's original sin that our leaders and community members finally and fully embrace their black sisters and brothers as full citizens, accepting our authentic selves, and that we and all our blackness embodies and brings to the communities in which we live. This, we pray. descendants of enslaved Africans in America, that they be made whole and complete with dignity and a fully embodied humanity, that reconciliation be made possible by the recognition of the full atrocities committed, During slavery that resulted in injury to mind and to body and to spirit. With repentance by those who continue to oppress. So that true healing, true healing brought by justice may take place. This we pray. Children, youth, and young adults that they no longer need to live in fear, nor need to be given the talk, but instead are protected and cherished and loved and honored. Let them be reminded of who they are and whose they are. May they know that they are daughters and sons, children of the most high, heirs to the kingdom. That to learn, educate themselves, and to achieve is not to be white, but to be really and truly African. This we pray for Euro-Americans that uh, they do not live in shame for the sins of the past, but rather consciously, and intentionally, and responsibly inhabit their privilege and work for justice and equity for all people, recognizing their brothers and sisters in Christ as full members of the promise, who see themselves not as superior, nor others as inferior. And we actively work to become more than allies, and become full-blown anti-racist. This we pray. God of the oppressed liberate your people from the chains that imprison and the hate that separates and bind us into one people united in your love obliterate the divisions that subjugate Bless that which restores and lifts up. We know that you can. We know that you're able, and we believe that you will. Make us into the beloved community that we may bring about your kingdom on earth. This we ask in the name of the divine the ground of of all being, the, the bearer of all truth, the just one. This we pray.
1: Somebody's called. We are calling on somebody for justice. We need justice, somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sounds like justice. You're being called to justice
0: Journey to Freedom, Building Community Through Song features the Spirituals Project Choir in collaboration with CPR Classical. This is a special edition of Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC.
4: Thank you to our dedicated members and to everyone who donated during the recent fund drive. Because of you, CPR continues to grow, delivering news and music programs we can all rely on. It's incredibly powerful that tens of thousands of listeners across the state voluntarily make room in their budgets to support Colorado Public Radio. Thank you for your generosity, and thank you for being a part of the CPR membership community.
0: We are sharing highlights from Journey to Freedom Building Community Through Song, recorded on stage at the University of Denver's Newman Center. Let's rejoin the director of the Spirituals Project Choir, M. Roger Holland II, for some parting thoughts. I wrestled
2: with this final number, and let me tell you why. For years now, the song, We Shall Overcome, has been associated with the Civil Rights Movement. And as I teach in uh, one of my classes, there came a time when particularly young people got frustrated with The level of progress in our country and they got tired of singing we shall overcome because they saw at least not fast enough for them no progress in the events of the last two years there's been a lot of turmoil in our country over matters of race and equity and inclusion but then i thought about this song and another reason I didn't want to sing it is because, as my, as my friend uh, admonished me about this so I'll cl- I'll clarify, I'm talking about Dr. Jones. The, the, the we Shall Overcome has gotten to be a song that creates this kumbaya moment, a feel good. And that's not what I want. And just to be clear, that song got co-opted by a different community to sing and have fun and sing at campfires. But that's not where the song originated. It came from the African, African-American community, and it was a prayer, a plea for God to come and intervene in this situation because I can't do it on my own, and I need some help. And so when I think about the civil rights movement, it wasn't just black people marching, and it wasn't just Christian folks marching there were Jewish people marching, there were Muslim people marching, they were people of black and white faith traditions and other cultures marching and standing in solidarity. It is my hope, my plea to all of you here tonight that we can restart this movement without thoughts and prayers, but with action. oh my lord oh my lord what shall i do what can we do to make this world a better place and especially in our own immediate community and it starts with us we might not be able to change the world but we can change the area in which we live each one can do something to make the world a better place so i'm going to invite all of us to stand And sing We Shall Overcome together. And I'm going to invite you to do it like they used to do it back in the civil rights movement. If you're comfortable, and put the right hand over the left. This is my right, so this is going to be your right. Put the right over the left and join hands with the person next to you. It means you're going to have to get close, and we're going to sing together. We. We are not afraid today. Are not afraid. Are not
1: afraid. Are not afraid. Today. not afraid. Us together now, together now. shall live in peace
0: Thank you for joining this special edition of Colorado Matters with thanks as well to CPR's Monica Vischer, Martin Scavish, Justin Peacock, as well as the Spirituals Project Choir and its director, M. Roger Holland II. I'm Ryan Warner, and you're with CPR News and KRCC.